Romans chapter 12. We will look at the first two verses and we'll be discussing what every Christian's resolution should be. So the scripture says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for allowing us to come here this morning. Lord, thank you for allowing us to get to a new year, Lord. And Lord, be with us as we as a church go into this new year. Lord, allow us to unite together and be faithful servants to you and to go into the world and be your servant and give the gospel and help your cause grow and to further your will. Lord, help us to do this by helping us allow ourselves to become an unbridled sacrifice to you, Lord, and to give our bodies to you for your purpose and your will. Lord, be with me this morning as I preach. Be with our pastor. Be with Brother Pearson and Brother Jeff Brown as they are preaching at the conference in Bryan Station. Lord, give them grace and fill them with the Spirit as well as me, Lord, and let us all gracefully hear the message today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are going to be talking about the Christian resolution. So New Year's is a celebration of a new beginning. It is the beginning of a new year. It has this renewing effect. This is a holiday that is celebrated all over the world. And it is a holiday that is often used as a benchmark for change. It is used as a benchmark to see improvement within one's life. It is very famous for us to have a New Year's resolution, a way we can better ourselves. What is our goal to better ourselves? New Year's resolutions could be many different things. One of the most common was, especially for me, was I would always try out a new diet. Clearly didn't work, right? But as a teenager, I would set my mind straight on doing this diet. I would get a bunch of healthy food and, you know, I'd look up new recipes and what to enjoy. I would take a lot of time just to prepare myself and prepare food and prepare strategies. And not only that, but to prepare my mind to accomplish this resolution. So, with all this preparation, all of this getting ready, I would get excited for doing this because I was ready to make myself better as a whole. Well then, a few days after New Year's, you know, you always start out pretty strong and I'd be successful at first, but then a few days in, I would come across the New Year's resolution killer itself, ice cream. Ice cream is a weakness of mine as it is our pastors as well. So it didn't take long for me to find myself enjoying a nice pint of ice cream. Just like that, all the preparation, all the mindsetting to doing this resolution went down the drain. But needless to say, resolutions can be many different things. And resolutions are used to better oneself. 
but rarely do we use our resolutions to grow spiritually. I bring you to Romans 12 today to talk about a resolution that should be for each and every one of us here in this church today. If you are a professing Christian, this should be on your resolution list. This should be on your resolution list if you proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And that resolution comes from these verses. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may improve what is good, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It will be a difficult resolution to have. It will not be an easy resolution to have. You will come across steep challenges of trying to pursue this resolution. But we need to do this resolution. Not only is this resolution going to better ourselves as a whole, as Christians, but it will also better our servitude for God. And it will better our acts for His will. This resolution will provide numerous benefits across the board. But this is also not a resolution to drop. When you see the temptation, it is not something to just give in and say, oh, well, maybe next year. Don't drop this resolution like I dropped mine for ice cream. The resolution will bring us better as Christians as a whole. So in verse 1, we're going to see that we are challenged to dedicate ourselves. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So we start out in this text by being given this great challenge by Paul. And it's a great challenge that should be each and every one of us's resolution. And it's a, tra- it's a challenge to practice a victorious life. And we do this by, as this verse says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. What is this verse truly telling us to do? This verse is telling us to Fully surrender our body to God. Surrender our body so that our everyday affairs can express the greatness of God. So let's look a little bit further on our body being this unbridled sacrifice to God. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So we must first see that God is not trying to coerce the believer. He is not simply just trying to force you to obey this. But rather, God is beseeching the believer to obey. He is asking us to make ourselves this unbridled sacrifice. He is asking this from the believer himself. Then we look at this verse again. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of of God. We see in this verse that it is by the mercies of God. He is asking us, after we were displayed an abundance of mercies by God Himself, 
These mercies are plentiful. It is God sending us his son, paying the penalty of sin and saving us from this wrath. It is God saving us from our own flesh and our own selves. It is God triumphing in his grace and showing us all these mercies. Even when we have failed him so many times, he has besieged us and freed us with these mercies. These mercies extend so deep that they don't just hit the exterior, but they hit the interior. They hit the heart. They hit the soul. These mercies are overwhelming and unmerited gifts given to us by God. And looking at these mercies and how great these mercies are and how undeserving we are, Paul beseeches us to make our bodies a living sacrifice for God himself. Paul is telling us this is the least we can do. It is the proper thing to do. And it's the only possible thing a Christian can do in his path to serving God. Not only is it the proper thing to do, but it's very much a practical thing for us to do as well. Chapter through chapter in Romans, we have been giving doctrine after doctrine. We are giving truths of sanctification. But God doesn't just want us to know the truths. He wants us to actively practice the truths. He wants us to live by these truths. He wants us to live this holy lifestyle at home. He wants you to live it at work. He wants you to live it at church. He wants you to live it when you are at the store shopping. He wants us to live this lifestyle everywhere. And what links us with God to live this lifestyle? It is our bodies. Our bodies are the link. And linking our bodies with God is a very strategic and strong method that Christians can use. Now, there are about three different key lifestyles that people tend to live their lives. First, there is a sensual lifestyle. This is a lifestyle of the physical. Someone who is ruled by the physical, physical sense. Oh, this smells bad. Oh, it's too hot. It's too cold. It's touching, hearing, smelling, etc. This is what they live by. This is how they live their life. Another lifestyle is soulish. This is a lifestyle of intellect. This is to be ruled by your own intellect. This is a much more subtle position than the sensual lifestyle. But this is a lifestyle that is so close to the ideal lifestyle, a spiritual lifestyle, that it's hard to detect the flaws within it. There are a lot of people, for instance, there are people that read the Bible a lot. They know the Bible so well. They know it as if it's the back of their hand. They know it more than others. But at the end of the day, they might know the truths of the Bible, but they spiritually do not understand the truths of the Bible. They do not grasp it. They understand the intellect, but that's where it stops, at the intellect. But this lifestyle could be shown through emotions as well. It could be a, the person who cries and weeps at the Lord's suffer. It is the person who could be so worked up in their amens. It's someone who, you know, when you hear about the poor, needy kids, they get all touchy and feely. Although 
they might, that person might have an excess of emotions. It does not mean he is doing it in a spiritual way. An unsaved man could get emotional just as a saved man can. Now, I'm not saying this that as believers, you can't have intellect. You can't have emotion. I'm not saying that at all because as believers, we actually should have these things. But I'm saying that these things do not constitute spirituality. It does not mean your body is this unbridled sacrifice. It doesn't even mean you're saved. And this is a lifestyle that is hard to see, and it has a lot of people actually deceived. And it deceives them from actually living that true and third lifestyle. And that lifestyle is a spiritual lifestyle. Now, to live this lifestyle of spirituality, we must turn our bodies over to the Holy Ghost. Let the Spirit take full control of your body, have full control of me, and the first step to getting this lifestyle is to surrender your body, as verse 1 says. The body, it's used to receive and express impulses. So if the Holy Spirit has control over your body, He can control you as a man as well. So to get to this lifestyle of spirituality, we must hand our bodies over to God, as verse, this verse says. Allow God to fill and use our bodies for His will, His desires. And doing this will provide many benefits. It allows God to take control of our intellect, our emotions, and our will, as I talked about earlier. And this is the way we can express the beautiful mercies of God. This is the way we get to show the beauty of Jesus Christ. So after hearing all this, how do we truly know we are acting in a spiritual way? There's a fine line we said, and we need to know where that line is in the sand. So where is this line? The line is only found in the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We must depend on on the Word of God to know whether we are living a spiritual life and whether we have fully turned our bodies over to the Lord as an unbridled sacrifice. It's from the Word of God that the Spirit is enlightening us and He allows us to discern and see if we are accomplishing the task at hand. We are making our bodies a sacrifice. We also must remember that when the Holy Spirit has control over the believer's body, he can express the beauty of Christ's unblemished sacrifice. A believer is called to be like Christ in this manner. As Christ gave over his body to be the perfect sacrifice, we should follow suit and hand over our bodies as well. Hand them over to God. And let God use them to show how someone who was dead can live again. How someone who was dead can come alive and spark anew. And God then uses this to show the holy sacrifice that Jesus made. True thing. 
it becomes a good witness to many. Our bodies will witness to Jesus being the holy sacrifice. It will witness to Jesus being an acceptable sacrifice. Giving our bodies over to the Lord shows others the value of what Christ did. And we owe Him to do this very thing. That's why this should be on everyone's New Year's resolution list. But not only should we be dedicating our bodies to the Lord on our resolution, but we should be showing determination as well. We keep reading. It says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We must be determined to complete the task given to us in verse 1. Because doing what is in verse 1 and making our bodies this living sacrifice means we will see transformation. Now, this doesn't mean you will transform in a physical way or a mutilative way. As Christians, we transform by consecrating our bodies. We consecrate our bodies so that the Spirit can flow in and have free access. He can have free access to our body and its activities. This is the way the believer should change. So first, we should see that our bodies change morally. Verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world. We as Christians are not supposed to be fashioned to the world. We are not to be molded to the world. We are not to be coerced by the world. The world, it's a place that is full of darkness. A place that is full of human tendencies. It's a place filled with influences that are controlled by powers of darkness. It is a place that influences you completely away from the direction of God. This world is the devil's lair. And he uses it to lure God's saints in the opposite direction. The world is mankind's society, and it wishes to kick everything of God out. I say all this because we must realize that if you are wanting to fully serve the Lord, if you are wanting to fully turn your body over to the Lord and allow the Lord to use it, we can't be living conformed to the world. A believer will see change, moral change. His life is not molded from the exterior, but it is molded from the interior, from the spirit within. We must know the believer is given power to resist the molding of the world. And presenting our body to God is the reason we overcome it. And once a believer does this, he is not conformed to the world, but he instead sets the standard for it. But not only should we be changed morally, we should be changed mentally as well. As it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul is telling us to be transformed in mind as well. Not only must the Spirit have access to your body, but it must have free access to the mind as well. Just as the body can't conform to the world's actions, the mind must be cleansed and handed over to God. 
This change of our mind allows the Holy Spirit to encrypt the likeness of Jesus within us. It allows us to do what we are called to do and be more like Him. The Spirit will help us achieve this. And when we change our minds and when we allow Him in, and we allow Him to access it instead of ourselves fully. This allows the Spirit to work within us. This is what allows the inward change. This is what brings about countenance. And it's what renews the mind and what transforms the soul. That's why there will be a mental change. But not stopping there. We must change motivationally as well. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Every Christian has the responsibility to discover what God's will is for their life. And when a believer does discover God's will for their life, he will then fully embrace it. We ask ourselves, why? We fully embrace what God's will is for us because we know God's will is good. As I mentioned in Sunday school, all that is good is given from above. We, he will not have us do anything that is not good. And when we see a person of faith know what God has in store for them, it gives them motivation. It will bring forth ambition and to complete the task given. Look at Peter. Look at Joseph. Look at Paul. They're all examples that the will of God becomes the overruling part of their life, becomes the priority of their life. The only one who suggests separately is Satan. He's the one who will try to bring out the unpleasantness of the situation. He will point out, oh, won't it be a little painful there? Won't you experience a little bit of anguish from this? Won't you see some loss, loss of your time, loss of family time, loss of friends? He will point all that out. He will point out everything that might occur in the process. Satan will try to instill fear. He will try to make you flee from pursuing the will of God. He tries to breach our barrier of trust with God himself. Satan will try to do that. But as a believer, we must know God's will is perfect and it's acceptable for us. He will not ask of us to do anything that is detrimental and bad. He will not bring you to an end place of hardships. Look at Israel. No matter how bad they did, he always brought them out. And the end with the angle of bringing them to a fully on better place. Why? Because God's will is always acceptable. It's not burdensome. And although, as I said, Satan will try to convince you as much, we must know that God's will is fully acceptable. And what's the best way to prove that? Making our bodies a living sacrifice to the Lord. We must know His will is perfect. There's no way we can improve on it or make it better. We do not see the full scope. But you know who does see the full scope? God. God sees the full scope of everything. He sees past, present, 
future. He sees the situation's relation with eternity. He sees when, where, how it will affect and touch people's lives. God is the controller of it all. It's all things we can't fully grasp. We can only see bits and pieces of it. We can't see it all. Once the believer is changed in all aspects, then they can reach the lifestyle of spirituality and present their bodies fully as a living sacrifice to God, and God will use the bodies to glorify the kingdom and further his will. Concluding, I want us to really think about what your goals are for the new year. What is your resolution? What do you wish to approve on yourself? What will your resolution be? It could be one of the plentiful ones. It could be, you know, the diet. It could be less TV. It could be, you know, less social media. And I'm not here to bash any of this. These resolutions are fine. In fact, they would probably better your life. I'm not discouraging them. But as a Christian, this resolution should be added to your list to make your body this sacrifice. Make yourself a living sacrifice to the Lord. Turn your body over to the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to take control of your life. Allow Him to take control of it physically as well as letting Him take control of it mentally. This is the best way to glorify God. We as Christians go over and over how we want to do this and wish to do this. This is how we do it. And if you're not doing this, this would be a, a great resolution. And if you are doing it, try to better yourself with it. It's easy to get off track. It's easy to see something we want and to try to take control back. We oftentimes like to think we know a better way, but we don't. We see bits and pieces. This is the best way to glorify God. By sacrificing our bodies to further His name, to further His will, to show the love He displayed for us, to show the sacrifice that Jesus Christ did, that he gave his body over as a sacrifice. It'll be hard. You will have hurdles. The world will be one of them. Paul says, conform not to the world. Do not live that lifestyle. Transform your mind. Make sure your mind is clean. Make sure your mind is acceptable. and Make sure it's clear and open for the Spirit to enter in and work. This will bring forth motivation. This will bring forth your spiritual lifestyle so that you can live for God and present your body as a sacrifice. We as Christians should want and strive to do this this year. That is my challenge for each and every one of you going into 2023. Make this your resolution. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you once again for bringing us here today. Thank you for bringing us to our house, Lord. And thank you for bringing us into a new year. Lord, we have read from your text to make our bodies this sacrifice to you, Lord. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us here will freely open our, mo- our bodies physically, mentally, and motivationally and allow you to enter in, Lord. Lord, I I pray that you will allow us to do this so that we could further your will, further your kingdom, 
to glorify Jesus and what He has done on the cross so that others may see and believe. Lord, we know Your way is perfect and help us to keep following that perfect way. Be with our pastor. Be with Brother Brown and Brother Pearson as they'll travel home this evening. Be with all of our sister churches as they do the same, Lord, and allow them to go out into the world and preach the gospel for You. We ask this all in Jesus' name.